Hello and welcome to episode 13 of The Brand Lounge, a place for unfiltered conversations on big topics for small businesses. I'm Tammy Heels, founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand coach and designer, and I help small businesses to define their brand and align their marketing channels to achieve their version of success. Today, I am joined by the fantastic Katie Ramsing, a fashion copywriter who helps brands turn their words into sales. And today we are going to be talking about whether your pricing should be visible. So thank you so much for joining me today, Katie. You're more than welcome. I'm ready and willing to chat money. Amazing. So I love a conversation around pricing. I love talking about money. It's not something that I ever used to, but I think since being a small business owner, it really has been something that I've become very passionate about. So I guess the place to kick off is what we think. So on your, within your words and your opinion, do you believe you should show your pricing and why? Yes, 100%. Um, one of my brand values is just like being honest and being very, not blunt, but like to the point, straightforward and giving people all the information they need. Whenever you go on a website to potentially hire someone, whether it's a copywriter, graphic designer, whatever, ultimately you need to know the price. So instead of hiding it and making people like sign up to a mailing list or do whatever, just tell them. No, I, I mostly agree. So <laughs> I believe that you should be transparent about your pricing. Um, I do have my pricing behind a mailing list. <gasps> login. I know, which I have found very helpful for reasons I shall explain. Um, but yeah, I, just to summarize, I do absolutely believe that your pricing should be available for everyone. The reason that I put my pricing behind an email login is for lead generation. So I can contact people who have been interested to find out about my services. But I am wondering whether this conversation is going to enlighten me in a new way of thinking. So yeah, I'm interested to hear more. Um, one of the things that you mentioned that I absolutely agree with where the benefits to showing your pricing from a brand integrity point of view, where you're, you're showing and living your values. I definitely agree. And I think when I first started out, I think there's a thing at the beginning where when you're first starting out in your industry, you kind of don't want to give your prices away because it will reveal maybe how like amateur you are or how new to the market you are um but I also think there's like a bit of a weird thing where people I don't know I have an element of distrust for people that don't show their prices okay cool no I find that interesting so I find it more frustrating I think is the emotion that I attach with not being able to find pricing because I get frustrated that I am having to work to find out whether this is going to be a feasible project or a feasible person for me to work with. Um, and I don't try and choose who I work with based on pricing, but it is a factor. Like you said, mm. you do need to know roughly what it's going to cost. Yeah, 100%. And I, I would be put off sending an email to someone being like, hi, I potentially want to work with you. Can you tell me your prices? And then they get back to me with something that's so out of my limits I'll either feel like embarrassed that I've reached out to them with my low budget or kind of feel like I'm wasting their time mm. yeah I can see that and I think that 
when I was starting out as well, what you were saying about having people approach you, it does feel more amateur. Now that I feel confident within my pricing, I think when I lacked that confidence, talking about my pricing made me feel awkward. So I'd just be like, I'm just not going to show it because then, you know, that's a conversation we can delay for the future when actually that's probably the worst thing that you could do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. I just feel, I just feel like also, maybe it's just because I'm quite a cautious person and I'm a bit cynical, but like if someone doesn't tell me their pricing, I how do I know that like for the job that I'm asking them for, they're going to quote one price, but for someone else who's maybe smaller, they might quote a cheaper price. Like if they look at my brand and they say like, oh, she's got like nearly 2,000 followers, so surely she can afford this price, whereas somebody that's got like maybe 20 followers, they're like, oh, I'll do it for this price. I don't know. There's an element of like distrust for me, I think. Maybe this is just revealing how much of a cynical person I am. (laughs) No, no, you're fine. (laughs) So I think that, yeah, that's something that I've come across before. And I think that there's a lot of, again, something that I've learned since working with a business coach who is mainly focused on sales and money mindset is that um, the most helpful advice she gave me was, it's none of your business what state the finances of your prospective client is. It's not up to you to assume whether they can afford you or not. That's down to Mm -hmm. them to decide whether they are going to prioritize what you're offering. So your assumption that they can't afford you or your assumption that they can afford X amount or they can't afford X amount is literally none of your business, whether they can or can't. Um, And by putting that assumption in place, you're setting your own expectations up that you may treat that client differently because you're quoting at a different price. I just feel it's very, like you said, I find it very, I find it quite sneaky. Mm-hmm. It's just sneaky and a bit strange. And like, so say for example, my prices are on my website and I've had people being like, oh, Katie, I want to book you like for the one day booking, but I know I can't afford it yet. Like I'm going to save up or like I'm budgeting to do this in a couple of months time. And I think that's much better because, yeah, people can see and they realistically know. They don't have to message me and then feel really embarrassed when I turn around and say, like, oh, it's this much. And they're expecting a much lower price. They can they can know what it is. If they don't want to pay that price, they don't have to. Like, I've never had someone email me and be like, your price is so ridiculous. People will just move on and find another copywriter, you know? That's true because I have had conversations I mean I've experienced that being told that I'm too expensive (gasps) how dare they what did they say that's a name and shame (laughs) this is the thing because I was told that I was too expensive when I first started out and I was charging like literally a couple of hundred quid for a logo I was told I was too expensive then and then when my prices went up and my packages changed and everything else I got told either that I was too expensive. I got told that I was a bargain and too expensive on the same day by two different clients. So mm-hmm. their perspective, like it, by having the pricing on the website, it kind of negates that whole, it should negate that whole conversation around expense. Although I still have people who say, yeah, I saw your pricing, but I thought you might have something else. And it's like, well. What they were, they're asking about a cheap offer. Yeah, that wasn't available. Oh, God, I wouldn't even reply to those people. No. <laughs> That's how cut out I am. I'm just like, delete. Like, you wouldn't go into, like, well, maybe, like, my dad would probably go into Tesco and be like, this has got a label on it. Does that mean it's free? Like, that's probably what my dad would do. But you wouldn't normally go into someone's, like, small, like, business, like, small boutique and be like, 
says 10 pounds on it but could you do it for cheaper you would never ever do that but i feel like when it's online and when it's a service people just feel like i don't know they want to be cheeky don't yeah, like that. i agree i think it's also very reflective of how much they value the service that you're doing um and if they're looking at investing in copy or a brand or whatever it is that your service is offering their price expectations are a reflection of what they value rather than what you offer definitely if they don't think copywriting is important they're not going to pay for like a 1500 pound package are they so and that's fine because i don't want to work with people that don't value copy if you don't think that investing in your brand tone of voice is worth that amount of money then we're probably not a good match yeah no i absolutely agree and i think i've made a list of a couple of the common objections that seem to come up both for me Mm -hmm. and my clients when it comes to um, money mindset and pricing and one of them is that you might put people off but to be honest that's absolutely what you should be doing you shouldn't be for everyone um because that's the beauty of having our own businesses is that we get to choose who we want to work with and if they are self-excluding because they're deeming you too expensive then more for them you're not going to be the right solution for them and trying to convince them otherwise or discounting your services or whatever else you feel compelled to do is not going to change the mind of that person when they don't value what you're offering exactly i think yeah with the pricing just got to stick to your guns i think it can be scary especially when you've not had your pricing on your website before and then you kind of feel like no, it's kind of like flashing your underwear, isn't it? It's kind of like revealing something that, like, because normally if you work a nine to five, you don't tell people like, oh, I make £25,000 a year. It's not something that like, I don't even know what my friends in full-time jobs make, but they can go on my website and see how much I charge for my services. So it is very revealing in a way, but I think it just kind of has to be done. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And it is So um, in an episode I recorded a little while ago, it was talking about the employee mindset. And I found that money is one of the things that comes up a lot for me that I never expected. So when I was an employee, like you said, we don't really, you don't sit there and compare wage packets. Mm. You don't really, unless you're just out there going, can you believe that they're on like 200 grand a year when they're (laughs) snoping about a director in in the canteen. But when it comes to small businesses, I think that we really need to kind of normalize the fact that it's okay to talk about how much we charge and how much we offer for that value that we're giving. Because my other bugbear is when people price by the hour, but don't take into account everything else that they're doing. Like your small business can be a full-time job if you want it to be. I mean, you can work the hours that you want to, but Do you factor in the cost for your admin, for your content creation and for everything else that you're doing? Because that package isn't just about that one project. It's about everything else that goes into it to help keep your business running. Definitely. There's a really great um, post I think was floating around on Instagram a while back. And it's like, just because like a task takes me 30 minutes, like you don't pay for the 30 minutes, you pay for like the 30 years of experience or whatever it is. Like I might only write like six words but those six words could have a value of 600 pounds if it's like or more like just do it by like three words but how much do you think somebody was paid to write those three words probably more than like 10 pounds an hour do you know what I mean it's not about it is about the time you take but it also isn't there's just so much more to consider yeah I think yeah when you when some when it's like oh this role is going to be 18 grand a year 
you know you're only working on it from nine till five and you have literally like a list of all the things you have to do mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely whereas when you're running a small business it's not just about the work that you're doing for your clients it's also the work that you're doing for yourself and it's the everything else that goes into it and all the different hats that you have to wear Definitely. So one of the other key objections that I find comes up quite a lot is the fact that your pricing is viewable to your competition. Now, I I have strong thoughts around this, but I'd love to know what your feelings around that are. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with your competition knowing your prices. I feel like if they want to undercut you, that's their prerogative. I'm very confident in my copywriting abilities and in my previous clients and my skills. So you can charge the same as me or you can charge less. People are still going to come to me over you because I've got that special science summit and that pink and green website, baby, that you don't have. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And yeah, that's exactly where I feel with this. It's kind of, so what? So what if your competition can see what your prices are? One, you know, I mean, I seem to have made it a personal mission to make best friends with all of my local competition. And I am not (laughs) mad about that. Um, You know, you know who you are, guys. But also, um, I feel like if they can see your pricing, it doesn't matter. I mean, how they react and respond to that. Again, it's none of your business. Focus on your business. Focus on what you're doing. Because exactly like you said, Katie, they'll come to you for your skills for your personality and for your your glorious garish websites. <laughs> so why why does that impact whether you show your pricing to make your clients' lives easier? Because it's not about making it harder for your competition. It's about making it easier for people who want to work with you. Definitely. And I did an Instagram post on this a while back and it's about like people that are like I understand if you're younger and you maybe don't have as much copywriting experience and you want to price yourself quite low like to get some clients at the beginning but I think it's it's kind of like a very sticky situation like if you price yourself too low and then you've done it for a year and you're like okay I'm tripling my prices are you going to have the same kind of customers like it's a very it's a very um yeah, it's a very difficult one. Money's yeah. such a funny thing, isn't it? It really is. I found, because I used to offer discounts when I first started, which is something that now I I discourage so much in others. If you, know, if you, if you want to choose to offer a discount, then absolutely go ahead. But I personally have found that offering more is a, it feels better to me and my brand to be able to offer additional things rather than cheapening the price. And I feel like there's a bit of a psychological thing there about how much I value the work and the transformation that I can give my clients that I'm much more willing to say, hey, okay, so if this is your budget, this is the package, but I can also include this if it's going to be the thing that, if it's a project that I am desperate for. If a tea company came to me and they're like, you know, could you also add this in? And I'd be like, you know what? I think this would be good for my business. It's a personal choice. Absolutely. Let's do it. Whereas if I set that precedent of, oh, well, I'll just wait until she discounts again in three months time because she runs a discount every three months or Mm. until the end of the year when all the pricing, all the sales are coming up. Um, Yeah, it's it's a tricky thing to know where to position yourself with your pricing. But I think you need to just be slightly uncomfortable with it, just a little uncomfortable with where your pricing is. 
Yeah, that's the thing. Like, um, whenever I'm like thinking about launching a new service, I'll say to like my business coach, she's like, so what are we thinking about pricing this? And I'll say like, oh, this much, because I really want it to be good value for money for people. And she's like, well, how about like 50 pounds more? Because then it's still good value for people, but you're actually making like the kind of profit you need once we take away tax and once we take away like whatever like automation needs to be set up and then we take away your time and like the Zoom feeds and everything. I think that's, yeah, people just don't realise that even if it's like, oh, it's a service, all she does is type for free. It's like, well, I still have to, like, heat my home, pay the Wi-Fi, pay for the Zoom for us to have a two-hour-long call because it's not free over the 40 minutes. There's so much stuff that goes into it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's something else that's really key. And it's something I didn't consider when I was first setting my pricing back when Shadow Cat was Shadow Kitten, um, when it was a baby. (laughs) And... um, I didn't factor in the fact that I had to pay for my software. Like Mm -hmm. that's a big chunk of money each month that I had never even considered or factored in. So when I was doing these projects, if I was only getting one or two a month because I was working full time, I wasn't even covering my costs, let alone getting anywhere near a profit. Um, And working, I spoke with a business coach. I didn't actually work with her as a coach, but it was someone that I'd met through networking. And she was like, you need to make a list of all of your costs and then work out that is your base to add on to whatever it is that you're choosing to make. Yeah, definitely. And there's things that I didn't even think about. Like, obviously there's like a laptop and things that you need, but like you need to pay for a branding photo shoot or like some kind of photo shoot for your business, which costs money. Mm-hmm. And like, I think people think like, oh, well, you can just take that on your phone and you can just make your own website in Squarespace. But it's like, well, no, this is a, like a legit professional business. So I have legit business expenses. Yeah. Yeah. I think I try to get by with the excuse of, oh, I'm not good with money for about my mm. first year. Um, and then after that, it was like, no, if you want this to be an actual business, you need to make sure that you are confident in your pricing and happy and easy to talk about money with your clients because if you have the slightest bit of doubt around what you're charging or if you feel really uncomfortable, and this is something I talk about in my live training group quite a lot, it's you pass the ick. If you feel icky about something and you're talking to someone, they're going to pick up on that and that'll cut mm. them off. Whereas if you've got your pricing out there for the world to see, they already know what you're going to be charging. So it kind of negates that whole awkward conversation because it's like their responsibility almost to um, do their research before they get in touch with you. And then that just facilitates the whole conversation a lot easier. Yep. I would actually, like, I was just thinking now, like, if I took my prices off my website, like, just for one week as an experiment, I think I would hate it because I'd have to have so many conversations about money that I don't have to have now. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely hugely beneficial as an individual, as well as being a business that's representing yourself in a clear way. Um, And one of the benefits that I put in on my notes was it avoids the awkward questions around budget or it avoids the awkward questions around. So that sounds great. I really want to work with you. How much do you charge? No. (laughs) Mm, Or yeah, or like some people that work like say on a project basis they're like so what's your budget for this project and then like it's a kind of back and forth because nobody wants to say like how much they're willing to take or what they actually really really want to spend so it's like "Mm, we're thinking around like a thousand they're like oh well we only have a budget of like 50 pounds for this and it's like a horrible like bartering situation which is just not 
something I'm good at or yeah that gives me a major icky icky feel yeah it's very much it just reminds me of Monty Python whereas like you've got a haggle but or going on like it reminds me of going on holiday to like Morocco or something when you go to like the souks and then you have to like haggle and I'd always get really flustered yeah, and I find that it's a really awkward thing because it's almost like this massive power play and it's exhausting on both sides because I don't, as a business owner, I don't want to come out with a figure and then either A, regret it being too low mm. or B, not, you know, if you're feeling flustered. If I feel flustered, I know that I'm not necessarily going to put my best interest first because I just want the situation to be over with. And Mm. that is never a good way of doing business. Whereas if you, because one of the objections that I come across when we're talking about this kind of thing is, well, I charge by the project because everyone's different. Oh, God. It's like, well, yeah, but as the expert, there must be a way that you can set up a package that will at least cater for most eventualities. Yeah, or like, oh, every client is different, but you're assumingly only doing one thing. All of my clients are different, but I'm still writing words at the end of the day. So like, what is the bare minimum that I would like to charge for one day of writing? Mm -hmm. There are different ways to do it. So because I have a day booking, it's essentially like eight hours of me writing for you. But then within that, I also state like a day booking can include three blog posts or like 22 product descriptions. I've made it super clear because otherwise you can also get people being like, oh, so this is 300 pounds for the day. So I need to do this, 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 this. And they try and like cram a whole like six week package into one day. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's fair. I think that as the expert, you really need to take the lead with saying this is this is what I offer. These are the expectations that I have. And this is what's acceptable within that expectation. And mm-hmm. this is the price for that. So for me, I know that when I started out, I I really struggled with the whole, okay, so if I'm designing logos, because back then I was only doing logo design rather than doing um, branding and coaching. And it would be like, well, every logo can have a varying level of complexity. So how do I charge for my time for that? Mm. When actually... Where I came up with it was I got more and more confident with my style. I accepted the clients that fit within that style. So I knew roughly what the timeline was going to be. But more importantly, I didn't charge by my time. I charged by what that would afford them. So what that transformation is, what can I confidently say are the results that you can expect to have from a brand package? Um, So that's another way that you can approach it is kind of, well, when I do my coaching, when I do my sales calls, it's kind of establishing the benefits that they're looking at getting and establishing the the pricing within that, like the investment within that. Definitely. I think you have to look at the value of what you're producing as well. So say, for example, with copywriting, some people, which really, really grinds my gears, is some people charge like buy the word which is quite possibly the most ridiculous way you could ever charge for copywriting because more words doesn't equal more value. Mm. It's like, if you've got just, you just need a tagline, but that tagline is going to be on your website for the next 10 years. And it's going to really shape your brand identity. It has much more value than like a thousand word blog post, which is going to just float into the internet ether in about a month. So it's really, I think, yeah, looking at how much value your service or product is going to give someone else and charging based on the value. Yeah. 
So another question kind of related to that that I would love to know your thoughts on is um, the phrase charge your worth. Hmm. Seems very uh, Instagram-y, rose gold, pink, with a little latte in the background. (laughs) Yeah, I see it a lot of places and I find it very cringy because if you're putting your value down to how much, if you're putting your worth down to how much you're charging for a project, I don't think that that's, that, that's a very slippery slope for many reasons in my mind. I think charging for the value of the transformation rather than charging for what your perceived worth is. Well, yeah, if I charged like my clients how much I actually think I'm worth, they'd all be like being charged a million dollars because that's how much I think I'm worth. But I do like there is a quote on Instagram. It's like, know your worth, then add tax, which I like because it's like that is one thing that people always forget. It's like, okay, this is how much you think the value you're going to give them and like, or this is how much you, you think you're worth, whatever. But then add the tax, which is something I didn't do for so long. Oh yeah, no tax. <laughs> I hope my accountant's not listening. But yeah, I think <laughs> remembering the the bits that you need to remember are the fact that you need to make a profit off of this to make your business sustainable, and your profit is not what you charge. And also, mm-hmm. your tax needs to come out of that as well. Um, and yeah, I, tax still gives me the heebie-jeebies. To be honest, <laughs> another thing I will say about pricing is I think. Having your pricing visible can also be a really good way to check that businesses are growing in an ethical way. I think as people launch more and more courses or like you see a business growing really rapidly um, and you kind of maybe go onto their website and see they're charging like £2,000 for a course that's like a 45-minute Zoom call with like 2,000 people, you're like, hang on, is this really ethical? Is this really like a business I want to be involved in? I think it can be a good indicator of, yes, yeah, somebody's ethics for sure. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. And there are some people that I, so there have been, there's been a decision I've had to make before where it's like there were two webinars that I really wanted to go to, and one was like a fiver and one was like 50 quid. But when I actually looked at the content and the brand and everything else, it was down to how I perceived that brand as to whether I felt that that was worth it. And in the end, that £5 webinar, I didn't want to spend £5 on. I didn't feel that it had the value or the like the values as a brand that I wanted to be a part of. But the 50 quid or whatever it was for a webinar, absolutely, in a heartbeat, I was like, I like this person. I like what they teach. They've established that they are an expert in their field. And I know that what I get from this is going to be something that will help me forward. So your price perception and your um, ethical views of companies as well is really important when making those decisions. Definitely. Um, so when it does come to being transparent and visible with your pricing, so absolutely you can show your pricing on your website, but are there other areas that you would recommend that people could show their pricing? I mean, Instagram's one that comes to mind for me. Um, yeah, I if I'm launching like a new product or a new service, then I will put it on Instagram, I'll say like, this is my new course, this is how much it costs. And I'll always offer people the chance to pay in installments because I think that's really important. Um, we, I think we need to be aware of people's financial situations and not exclude people from taking part in services just because they can't afford like a big lump sum at the beginning. Payment plans are a fun way to do that. 
not talking about clan or anything that adds interest, but just offering stuff like that. Um, I wouldn't really talk about my pricing on LinkedIn just because I feel like that's not kind of the vibe of LinkedIn, but I think that's because LinkedIn is so, it's kind of like being back in the office at work. Yeah, I hadn't <laughs> thought about it like that before. But yeah, absolutely. I think they're trying to be less... <laughs> The vibe I get from LinkedIn at the moment now that they're introducing LinkedIn stories and everything uh, is like the offices where they're like, yeah, we're cool because we've got beanbags. We've got a ping pong table and we give you beer on a Friday. Oh, God. <laughs> give me strength. <laughs> That's how I feel at the moment. It's like men in suits who have just like loosened their tie and undone one button and stood there with a Bex on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> There's a vision for you guys. <laughs> um, is there anywhere else you put your pricing? I'm just trying to think. So I've put mine recently, I've shared it into Instagram stories and then saved it to a highlight, which I found um, something that actually took me a long, long time to do and something that I found a little uncomfortable, to be honest, which I I found when I was trying to reflect on why it felt uncomfortable. I think it's because when it comes to social media, I feel like Facebook is a great marketplace for it's not a great marketplace for me to sell my services. It's a great place for me to make connections, but I don't mm. know if I would put my pricing on Facebook as freely as I do on other platforms. And then with Instagram, because I use it as a social platform as well as a business platform, um, I felt it had a good, it, it felt relevant to put my pricing there and have it accessible to people. But it also felt a little bit uncomfortable because of that social aspect. Well, because your family and friends might see it. No, I don't have an issue with my family and friends seeing it. I think it's more just um, because I use it as a place to go and hang out with people that I really generally businesses. This is the life that I lead now as a small business. All my <laughs> friends are business owners, I think. Um, but more like I go on social, I go on Instagram when I'm not working because I enjoy hanging out there. Mm that makes sense so it's kind of like hanging out with work colleagues outside of the office if that was the uh, analogy that we're going for so I think that it just felt quite forward that I use my stories mostly to share cat photos tea what I'm doing that day and then to add my pricing in there it felt a little abrupt but it felt Mm. relevant for my highlights and I'm sure even though you felt maybe that it felt kind of strange I'm sure most of your followers didn't even give it a second glance they're like oh cool this is how much it cost yeah absolutely and from my piece of mind now it's just like oh I can direct you to my highlights if you message me on Instagram and be like well everything's in the highlights it tells you um what the process is kind of what it's going to be like and the the pricing as well so yeah is there anywhere else that you kind of hold your pricing I think websites are kind of the key one yeah websites if anyone asks in like my dms I will send them to my services page just because I feel like I have so much to say about my services I don't want to type it out each time so then that also tells you like not only what the service is but how much it costs and like if there's a payment plan available for it yeah um yeah I don't think there's really anywhere else that I would talk about pricing no I don't think that I don't think you really need to I think as long as you've got it visible you can easily direct people there. And exactly mm-hmm. what you said, if someone's only asking after the price, but you feel uncomfortable just going, hey, it's this. someone goes, hey, how much is this? And you go, it's this amount with no context. I, I mean, that's not really a great way to start a relationship with a potential client. 
but being able to direct them somewhere where the pricing is visible online, it opens up a better conversation. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like if I ever get, it's very occasionally, but if I do get a DM being like, how much is it to book you for the day? I would just generally tend to be like, hi, you can find it here. Because those kind of people, I can already tell they don't want to work with me. They want to know the price and they're going to move on. But what I get nine times out of 10 is somebody will DM me and they'll be like, hey, Katie, I've looked on your services page and I really think like the tone of voice intensive is the one for me. Um, Like I want to do the deposit, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Which I think is much better because then everyone's on the same page. And like you said, there's no like icky feeling and there's no one trying to be like, how much? Mm. Yeah, you don't have to haggle in your DMs because that's not the place for it. Mm. So um, one thing that I do want to kind of touch back on is payment plans, because this is something that I am a huge advocate of. I love having payment plans available because I feel like exactly like you said, having a lump sum up front can be tricky. So one of the reasons that I was always very cautious about putting my pricing up in the early days of my business was that I was worried that people who did want to work with me and I wanted to work with them, but because it was one payment, it would be um, just out of scope for them or that I would be sat there waiting around until after the project had been done and they could drag their heels. So, you know, there were many lessons learned. <laughs> but when it comes to payment plans, I feel like that that is a brilliant way of making kind of that investment more obtainable yeah Yeah, and I feel like also this is just to go into like a slightly different subject about invoicing and payments and stuff but it's probably I kind of like to do a split payment so that we do this the first payment to secure the booking or whatever and then once you're happy with the finished product, then we do the second payment. Because then I think it's like, I've got some like reassurance and some security and that we've got the booking here, but you're not paying huge lump sum. And then you're not also giving away all your money for something you're maybe not happy with yet. It's kind of like a good medium, I think. Oh, that's interesting. So I do it differently. So I do the payment upfront to secure the booking, but then I have it on a monthly, a monthly payment afterwards rather than at the end of the project. Obviously, just what you just have one day where you you do yeah, it. Yeah, I tend to agree the the day with the client. So I'll give them an option of you know, is there a particular day that is more a day of the month because everyone has their bills go out and kind of random mm. days and money coming in and everything. But I got burned quite a few times where my project work was getting dragged on through whether it was the fault of the client or extenuating circumstances or whatever it was, but I found it very, very hard to manage and project my finances because I didn't know when the projects were going to end. So I have, um, yeah, I have the booking that goes up front and then generally I tend to split my payments into like a set amount each month and then they pay each month. Interesting. yeah I think that's probably different though because my projects like they always have like a start and like they always have like this project will take this many days and the days are booked into my calendar because I I was finding it too stressful to just kind of like be at the whim of the project or the whim of the client so I was like okay this package takes four days when would you like to book in this four days (laughs) oh nice yeah I suppose when I was doing branding I mean we're coaching it's slightly different because it's you know, it's X number of months that we're working together and it's X number of calls. But when I was doing the branding work or on like brochure projects or anything like that, 
there were so many variables that the project could take a month or it could take, you know, three months or it could take a week. You know, it Mm. depends on so many different factors that instead of having that price estimation issue, I had a time estimation. So yeah, that's really interesting. And that makes much more sense that you know exactly how long it's going to take you. Mm. But can you imagine, like, if you didn't know how long the project was going to take and you also didn't know what you were going to actually charge them? Yeah. Like, you didn't have your pricing <laughs> on your website and you were just like, uh, I think it might take this many days and, like, how about this number? Just yeah. so much work for your brain. It's, like, it's much easier just to get prices, guys, and just stick with them. No, absolutely. I completely agree. I think that we've kind of just landed on exactly the same, although I am now considering. I'd love to know from the listeners whether you would be off-put by having to input your email address to get access to pricing, because that's something that I hadn't really considered might be a barrier before. I don't know if it's a barrier, but I know that like I'll often sign up to stuff um look at the pricing and then I'll just immediately unsubscribe because I know that it's not affordable or not what I want mm-hmm. like there was one thing and it was like for graphic design and it was like what's your budget like 1,000 to 6,000 6,000 to 10,000 and I was like <laughs> oh no I've stumbled across like something that's really out of my league um but I think it just depends maybe if you if you only contacted, do you only contact people that obviously don't subscribe, don't unsubscribe and say subscribe yeah, to the email? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And usually it's if I have, so I run a brand course or I was running a brand course every couple of months. So it was at a much lower price because it was a group program as opposed to like an individual bespoke one-to-one. Um, and my assumption was if they haven't got in touch, either I'm not the right designer for them or the services that I was offering wasn't quite right. So mm. being able to offer them something else um, and giving them the option to unsubscribe as well, because I do not want anyone on my list who doesn't want to be there. It does nothing for my numbers. Yeah, <laughs> the it needs to be accurate. So um, yeah, that's kind of the reasoning or that was the thinking behind it. Although it is something that has come up recently just in my brain when I've been thinking about it as to whether it's something that I should have. Because also it's two website pages to maintain. So from a business Mm. perspective, it is additional work as well. Yeah. I just feel like also I, sometimes when you do those things, the email doesn't come through right away. And so like, if I don't have the prices right away, I'll just look for something else. But that's because I'm, as we've established, quite lazy. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's also how you set it up. So I always try and make sure that the customer experience is as seamless as possible. So as soon as you put in your email address, you get taken to the web page. It doesn't come through by email. You don't. Oh, that's good. It just takes you straight through. Um, Because yeah, I don't, everything about this is just make it easy for you and make it easy for your customer, for your potential clients, because Mm -hmm. they're more likely to want to buy from you. And I think that there's a huge part around confidence with pricing as well. Having the confidence to set your pricing, having your confidence to stand by it while it's visible for the whole world to see. um, I think that that's really quite empowering when you lean into that as a business owner. Yeah, definitely. And I think if you're not confident in your pricing, then why would anyone buy from you? If you don't think that it's worth like £200, then no one else is going to think it's worth £200. You have to be like, yep, I've done this many logos in the past. Like I know how to do logos. So this is how much it costs. And I feel confident in that. Yeah. And then I think people will naturally start to be drawn to that as well, because 
yeah you come across as confident and also professional the way there's a really funny quote and it's like have the confidence of like a mediocre white man in a suit or whatever <laughs> and like you know like people that like you said like when you're like gossiping in the canteen and there'll be people that are so average at their job but they're making like two hundred thousand pounds whatever a year and they're just so confident in the fact that like yeah I'm the project manager this is what I do like check emails all day just have to like embody the power of Steve or whatever his name is and just be like yeah this is what I charge for a logo yeah absolutely and I think if you do not feel confident with your pricing I think maybe practice talking about it either practice talking about it with a business friend that you know or practice talking about it with your other half just practice talking about your money until you get comfortable with it because it might not be your pricing that you're uncomfortable with it might be talking about money that you find difficult which is Mm. a whole other thing that I think could be another couple of hours another day for another that's a whole other episode (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness so many episodes um but yeah I find it I find that pricing and money the two are so intrinsically linked because your pricing is your money but it's also a huge part of you as well and how you perceive yourself in your business Perfect. So I think we'll wrap it up there for now because I feel like, again, money talks can go on for a long, long time, but it doesn't mean it's the end of the conversation by any means. I think that what we've talked around of making your pricing visible really does make it easier for you as a business owner and also for your clients or potential clients to know where they stand with you. So definitely consider it see if that's something that you can implement. But Katie, from everything that we've discussed today, is there one key piece of advice that you'd give the listeners that they could do kind of today to be more transparent with their pricing? Just put it on your website. (laughs) Just do it. (laughs) And I think if you're hesitant, maybe write out a list of why. Like, why is it that you're hesitant? And then when you probably see them written down on a piece of paper, you might be like, oh, these are actually a bit silly. Yeah. Don't be mean to yourselves, guys. <laughs> Definitely. Sorry, I'm like shouting at you. Pick prices online. But no, no, please, <laughs> you are worthy of your clients and you are worthy of the money that you charge for your services. So just, yeah, you need to have more faith in yourself. Yeah, I'm going to absolutely echo those sentiments. I think that whatever you decide to choose to charge is not too expensive and it's not too cheap. It's exactly what you want to do. But just be mindful of where that choice is coming from. Mm-hmm, for sure cool so thank you so much for joining me today katie where can the listeners find out more about you uh you can find me online at katieramsing.com that's k-a-t-i-e-r-a-m-s-i-n-g-h.com and you can also find me on instagram at katieramsing awesome and i am loving your reels at the moment they always make me smile <laughs> I'm just trying to lip sync for my life like I'm on RuPaul's Drag Race. I love it. Absolutely love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for joining me. It's been really, really insightful and it's been really interesting to hear similar and different points of view through one conversation. Um, And I hope it's really encouraged you listeners to think about how you perceive pricing and how you can actually take control of that within your business. Um, If you'd like to hear more about Katie, join us back here on Thursday when she'll be sharing her business journey and brand story with us. And until then, all of her links will be in the show notes. And that's a wrap for today. I really believe that talking about money and pricing openly should be normalized in small business. So I'd really like to continue this conversation and hear your views over in our Facebook community. So 
head on over there and I will see you in the brand lounge.